Hey fans, viewers, and listeners, welcome to another exciting episode of Find Insight Podcast. I'm your host for today, Rain Cruz, also known as Ringside Rain, ring announcer for Up Next Fighting. And with me, as always, is Timmy B. Today, we will talk to Cody Brundage, who will be fighting at UFC 300. He will talk to us about his preparations for the biggest pay-per-view event for UFC so far and how he spoils his family. Plus, we will talk about the PFL versus Bellator pay-per-view. What's next for Francis Ngannou and what happened to Raul Rosas Jr. at UFC Fight Night in Mexico? All that and more. So, Tim, hit it! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Fight Insight Podcast. Our guest today became a part of UFC history when he slammed his way to victory at UFC Austin back in December, marking the second slam KO of the night. It was also his uh, fourth fight of the year and his second win in a row. It is an eight-fight UFC veteran who is next slated to fight at the monumental UFC 300 card as he looks to give Bo Nickel his first professional loss. A family man, a fighter, an unprofessional breakdown fan, and I think a Dolly Parton fan. Let's bring him in to talk about it all. Rain. Please welcome Cody <laughs> Brundage. <laughs> nice. Love that. <laughs> Cody is here. How are you doing, Cody? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. Good. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming in. You are hard at work preparing for the monumental UFC 300 card. Uh, I do have to ask you first, what kind of uh, honor or privilege do you feel being on this card? Yeah, it's exciting. You know, it's a huge uh, opportunity. It's a huge platform. I feel like, you know, the bigger the card, the more eyes. So a good performance can can do a lot for you. And um, 300 is the biggest there's ever been. So uh, I'm excited for it when they call, you know, regardless, 300 or not, I've asked for this fight before. So I like the opponent already. And then it was just icing on, on the cake that it was at 300. Yeah, nice. I saw you on another interview when I was researching for this one saying that you had like kind of predicted it. You thought this was going to be the opponent. You thought this was going to be the card. I saw you saying things on other things like saying like, hey, this guy's got a lot of smoke. I'm here to take it. Yeah, for sure. You know, Bo Nickel, I think, is widely regarded as the the best new prospect in an MMA. And uh, he hasn't been tested at all. Uh, this will be my ninth fight in the UFC. You know, I've been around the block. I've, I've had my wins. I've had my losses. Um, but I've learned a lot on the way, and I feel like it puts me in a good position to uh, kind of take all that clout and all that uh, steam he has behind him. And, and, you know, like I said, big platform to kind of take everything he has and, and keep it for me. <clears throat> yeah, definitely, man. I think it's going to be great. Um, now, we have a lot of spies in the world, you know, that uh, we've been doing this show. This is like our 159th show, somewhere around there, four oh, nice. years in. So, Cody, we've got spies everywhere. I got some training footage of Bo Nickel that I'm going to show you, okay, so that you can be prepared. He knows that you slammed your last opponent for victory. This is how he's training. So, you know, caution, please be aware. But this is this is what he's doing. Yeah, it's like, that seems like it would probably work pretty well. I think yeah. he should continue. He should do that every day up until our fight. I think that's what he should do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you are not watching the video version of this podcast, come on YouTube and Spotify. But that is Bo Nickel training, getting 
cracked in the head into concrete bricks. That's real footage, Cody. So <laughs> yeah, it looks super. It looks super legit. So I, I, I feel confident. I know his game yeah, plan now, so I think I could take him out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The trick is you got to slam him on the other side of the head where he's not training. You know Perfect. I mean? Yeah, I think I can do that. I'll have to watch the video a couple more times, make sure I get it right. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> Play this baby back. I'll send it to you if you want in high quality. Uh, Cody, a question for you. I heard a rumor. It's a rumor that I started that Dolly Parton will be singing you to the cage. <laughs> I wish. Listen, so Dolly was my walkout for... I started fighting in 2017. She was my walkout for my first amateur fight all the way up until my wow. last two fights. So nine to five by uh, nine to five by Dolly. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was solid. I got the people going for sure. I switched it up the last two to uh, Fantasy by Mariah Carey. Another nice. absolute banger. So, uh, yeah. yeah, if Dolly would walk me out, I'd be so down for that. I don't know how she'd feel about the actual fighting part, but she could definitely walk me out anytime. <laughs> I think so, man. She's she's old school. She's done a whole bunch of great movies and stuff like that. And she's like, she's still popular now. Oh, like, yeah. Right? It's crazy. She's timeless. Man. Dolly's timeless. Dolly is timeless, <laughs> man. So I'm putting the call out now. Dolly Parton, if you're watching this podcast, get out here and get to UFC 300 and walk Cody Brundage out to the cage. Oh, yeah. That would be that would be UFC 300, already the biggest UFC card. You get a Dolly Parton walkout. I don't know if it gets much better than that. Dude, I, I think you I think you become main event if you if you get that if you get that walk. I agree. You know? I agree. Like, yeah, think about like WrestleManias and stuff like that when they had like Cindy Lauper back in the day and stuff like oh, that. Yeah. Like, you get Dolly. We do Parton. a mashup. We get Dolly Parton and Mariah Carey. Ooh, Whoa! Now we're really talking. It's like <laughs> level right here. Yeah, money, money in the bank, man. Money in the bank. Um, but seriously, you know. Any added pressure on this UFC 300 or no? This is like, no, I'm going to tear this guy apart. That's it. This is my job. I mean, I feel like there's always pressure. You know, pressure is a privilege. That sounds corny to say, but it's such a real thing, you know? And uh, it's it's the reason it's such a big opportunity because there's pressure. If there was no pressure and nobody cared about the fight, there wouldn't really be that big opportunity, right? So uh, I definitely think there's pressure. I don't know if there's more pressure. I feel like I have less pressure than Bo Nickel does. You know, he's expected to kind of run through me. That's what people think is going to happen. So the pressure is more on him. But, I mean, there's definitely pressure for myself to, you know, there's a lot of sacrifice in fighting, a lot of time away from my family. And uh, so the pressure for me is, like, make good on that sacrifice, right, and and make improve all the people that are putting such hard work into me, so much so much time and effort into me, prove them right and, and have a good performance. But that's the only pressure I really feel, you know, and, that, and that's a good thing. It's It's motivating. Right, right. And of course, you talk about your family, you've got two young daughters, you've got your wife, who was a former UFC fighter herself. One one question I did get from a fan was, is Cody's wife mad that he ruined her nickname? Because I think now she's technically ABB, right? She's not ABC. Oh, yeah. Anymore. yeah, so she was ABC, which was a cool nickname. Um, she was mad for a little bit, but she's gotten over it slowly but surely, I think. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Um, what about, you know, I, I always feel like when someone's undefeated, right, I always feel like, like you said, there's that added pressure and all that, but I always feel like it never really tests someone because one of the big things for me is always seeing how someone bounces back from adversity. And we've talked about this a million times on the podcast. You know what I mean? Like not all my favorite fighters have suffered losses. You know what I mean? But it's how they come back, which is so exciting to see and what they can do. Um, you've got that. 
right? You're not undefeated. So you've been able to bounce back. How important do you think that is just for a fighter and for like young fighters watching this podcast that are so concerned or cautious about that first loss? Like what, what could you say about that and how that changed you as a fighter or a man? Well, I just think uh, perspective is kind of everything, right? And if you've never taken a loss, it's hard to change what you're doing because if it's not broke, don't fix it. Even if what you're doing isn't enough or correct or the right thing, if you're having success with it, it's hard to change what's comfortable. It's hard to to make uh, difficult decisions. And, you know, once you have those those couple's losses and you're like, okay, well, I need to fix something. I need to change whether it's how much I'm working, who I'm working with you know, and, and that's not easy to do when you have a lot of success. So uh, I think that's one big thing that being an undefeated fighter is potentially can be problematic. Uh, you have to learn from other people, right? You, we always say that, like learn from your teammates losses. That's what we say at factory X, because, you know, it, it, you don't have to be the one getting, getting punched in the face to, to learn a lesson. And uh, sometimes if you're the undefeated guy, it, you don't really listen to that. Cause you're like, well, I'm ne- that's never going to be me. Right. So I think just a little bit of perspective comes with with any adversity, whether it's losses or or whatever. And if you haven't had that, then it's hard to make adjustments. It's hard to improve uh, to the level. Maybe you could be improving because you're like, well, I'm killing it. I don't need to do much else. Obviously, like I'm getting the results I want. So I think that's a big, big part of it. Yeah. I also feel like if you're if you're undefeated for too long, which is a weird thing to say, the problem is, is that then you might get so ingrained with what you've done that then when you do suffer that first loss, you're not willing to change. But like you said, like changing coaches, changing environment, changing strategy is so important, right? For growth. Yeah. A hundred percent. I feel like a big part of that is who you have around you, right? Like if you have good people around you, uh, they don't necessarily agree with everything you're doing. Uh, people get this confused, right? They're like, if, if you don't agree with me, we can't be around each other. But if you don't agree with me, then you can be like the biggest instrument to my growth, you know? And so I have a lot of people that like, I guess, yes, men is the term that, like you, that's what you don't want. I don't have any yes men around me or yes women, right? Like my wife is not, she's, if she thinks I'm doing something that she doesn't agree with, like in terms of training, especially she'll be like, you need to change this. I feel like this is my opinion on what it is. And uh, when you get a few of those opinions, it's good. It helps you to, to grow. And it's hard too, when you're having all the success, the people around you just want to be a part of your success, right? Mm-hmm. They don't necessarily care if it's going to be continued or not. They just know, Hey, r- right now, this is a ton of success I'm having. And uh, I'm, I get to be a part of this train. I'm not going to be the voice that tells him, Hey, change it up. And then he gets rid of me and I'm not a part of the success anymore. Right. I feel like we kind of see that with some of the superstars in the sport today, like Conor McGregor is a good example. No one's telling that guy. No, no one's telling him like, Hey, I think we should change this up because no one wants to get off the gravy train of Conor McGregor. Uh, yeah. and I feel like that's, that's probably more commonplace than having people around you that are going to try to steer you in the right direction, whether it's what you want to hear or not. Yeah, that's true. There's a, uh one of the things that I always watch when I'm, when I'm paying attention to the MMA world is there's certain gyms sometimes that kind of go in like kind of bad slumps, you know? Mm-hmm. And I always wonder if some of those people see the slumps going on around them and go like, I should change things up. Like it, it's just something that should go through your head. Right. Yeah, for sure. I feel like uh, being complacent and uh, just kind of staying in your same ways is never really a good tactic and it doesn't yeah. really work long-term right you always need to be evolving and changing because that's the sport too that's what the sport's doing and so if you're not keeping up with that then then it'll be problems for sure yeah yeah definitely and you gave a shout out to factory x and i know you train with our friends alexa culp and isaac delgarian so i want to say hello to them i think they're having a girl are they having a baby yeah. girl they're Is having it? a baby girl and then uh hopefully not when isaac's gone fighting 
<laughs> I know yes. it's getting it's getting crunch time. So yeah. uh, I've done that a couple of times. Both my kids, my first daughter was born uh, a week after a fight, and then my okay. newest daughter was born a day after I got home from a fight. So I've been in that boat. It can be pretty stressful. Fighting's already stressful enough. So hoping yeah, yeah. that uh, the baby girl comes soon. Yeah, yeah, very nice. And congratulations to them. And of course, Isaac Dolgarin. I do have here his uh, limited edition card that I nice yeah it's beautiful do you have any any, i don't think i don't know if i'm as big a superstar as isaac isaac's listen i'll tell you right now in my prediction isaac dolgarian will be a future champ so hold on to that that's gonna be worth a lot of money that kid is absolutely savage and he's super talented so uh yeah big things coming from that kid for sure yeah and big big things coming from you my friend i mean like (laughs) the minute you release a card i'm buying your card too so get on that like isaac appreciate you how to make it happen. Rain, anything that you wanted to ask Mr. Cody Brundage? Yeah. So now since we're talking about family, you have a beautiful wife, beautiful daughters, you know, you, you're so focused on training, right. For your upcoming fight now. So in the past, how do you um, spoil your wife after, you know, going through all the, the fight training, fight camp, being away from her. And now, you know, with their two daughters, how do you spoil your family after you're done from a fight? Uh, I think the main thing, like, and I've talked about this with my sports side guy, because balance isn't really a thing, right? You can't balance a fight camp and, and then also try to balance family or you're giving 50% to both places. So it is tough when I'm, when I'm getting ready for a fight, I'm, I'm gone. I'm not home much. And uh, I think the way I spoil them is when I'm home, uh, I'm just present, right? I'm, I'm present where my feet are. I'm off my phone. I'm, I'm trying to just be the best dad I can be, be the best husband I can be. And that's just giving them real time. Right. And, uh, whether it's an hour or two hours or 30 minutes, like the time that I'm home, I try to give them. And then my, my kids and my wife are pretty spoiled. You know, I don't, they don't hear no too often. So, uh, you know, that's just like, obviously like physical things that I can give them. I'm like, I'm not in a position to tell them no. She's like, well, you were gone for the last week. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. You can buy those shoes or you can do what you want. So uh, they don't hear no too often. And then, uh, I just try to be there for them. I try to be present when I am home and, uh, I try to make an impact. You know, my, I, I could not do this without my wife. She's such a rock star and she does so much for my kids and it would be hard to be gone as much as I am and not know like that they're being taken care of as well as they are. I know that they're getting everything they need and more. Uh, and so it makes it easy for me to train, but yeah, they, they get spoiled quite a bit. That's good. What a question, Rain. I knew that you were going to ask this, and now you're probably going to show this to your husband. My wife's going to see this. <laughs> God dang it. Terrible uh, question, Rain. Show this to my husband. Hey, do not say no to me. <laughs> Look at what Cody just said. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, my wife has a mean overhand from her fighting day. So I still, that's another reason I don't tell her no. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Smart move. Smart move. Uh, one of the other questions that I had in that came in from fans, I thought this one was good. Last week we had on Andy the Crazy Nguyen, uh, okay. or sorry, Andy the Crazy Win is how you pronounce it properly. And uh, she looks like 18 and she's like 41, you know, mm-hmm. like, yeah. so we were talking to her about how she looks so good. The question came in, does does Cody Brundage use the same skin regimen as Andy Wynn? You, my friend, you look like a young dude. Like, it's crazy Uh, how young you look. I'm glad you're saying that. I'm going to be 30 in May. So uh, I I tease all my older friends that fight. Like, they're not even old, but I just tell them they're old. And now I'm turning 30, so they're giving it back to me pretty hard right now. So I needed that today. I appreciate it. Well, there you go. (laughs) But no no skincare routine, just constant – 
getting punched in the face. I guess that keeps you young. I don't know. But Andy's awesome. She used to train with uh, Bobby. She would come to our gym in Michigan and and train with Bobby. So you guys have all the cool guests. Yeah. Wait, Bobby. Bobby. My, my wife. My wife. I call her Bobby. Amanda. Oh, Bobby. oh sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. Yes. Yes. Wait, Bobby used to train with Andy Wynn? Yeah. So that her and Andrea Lee and Bobby, oh. they all did some did some training together in the past. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. Okay. What a small world, man. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Uh, Andy's Andy's fighting up here in Canada in Calgary on March 9th for Palace Athena. So we're big nice. fans of hers and we're supporting her. Yeah, so she's awesome. Yeah, she's um, Rain. Anything else for Mr. Cody Brundish on your? Yeah, end? so you know you're fighting at UFC 300, biggest biggest pay per view so far for the company. Do you are you nervous at all? Because it's like, does it get into your head where it's like, okay, this is UFC 300. Like, is there more pressure for you? Are you nervous? Or does it feel like, you know what? It's it's another fight for me. Uh, I don't know if I'm, I'm nervous because it's 300. I'm nervous always before I fight. That's just how I am. Like, I mean, I'm getting into a physical altercation with somebody, so I'm always going to be pretty nervous. Uh, not scared, but just like, I think the nerves are good. They keep you sharp. Uh, if I don't have them, I'll be worried, right? If I'm lax, I'll be worried. So I'll definitely be nervous. I don't know if 300 makes it makes me more nervous or not i don't think so i fought in front of a crowd before sold out crowds and 300 is a big card but you know i'm just a small part of that card and i'm only worried about my small part i'm not worried about how the rest of the card goes you know so uh i'm excited i think it's awesome but i don't think it adds more pressure that it's 300 maybe if it was my first time fighting in, in front of the ufc crowd it would but i think i'll be all good on the on the crowd nerves but i'll definitely have my fight nerves for sure yeah. What about, uh, if I'm allowed to ask, people always question about money stuff. Uh, sponsorship, are you able to leverage this a bit? Because 300 is a big spot, man. Are you like, hey, wait a second, now the uh, price for Cody Brundage, you know, sponsorship. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, not really, man, to be honest. Sponsorship no? it's, it's just a tricky thing now with, mm-hmm. I, have some, I have some stuff in the works, like probably more than I've had for other fights, but okay. to really like, unless you're a really big, like crazy big star, I feel like it's hard to leverage. And then also because you can't really advertise for the company anymore that you would be representing. I feel like a lot of companies don't see, see the value in it, but um, I've definitely leveraged like more, I would say it's more like uh, less monetary sponsorships and more like product sponsorships uh, for this fight. And um, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like, this is a big opportunity. You go beat Bo Nickel on, on this stage and then, yeah. The rest of that stuff kind of kind of comes comes through because you need more like uh, appearances. You need more stuff like this. You need like right. my opponent. He was on Joe Rogan. He was he has these other things that he he runs, and so uh, he has a big uh, social media footprint or impact. So I feel like that is kind of how you open the door to to sponsorships like that. And yeah, you got to win. Winning solve my buddy Dustin Jacoby. He always says winning solves everything. So if you're winning, that's it's a lot easier to get that done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Shout out to my friends that run an Instagram page called MMA Gains. It's MMA underscore Gains, and they track how fighters do pre and post a fight. What win or lose? That's they cool. Show yeah, them. I have seen. I've seen them before. That's that is a cool thing, and it's a cool tool for uh, people to have. Yeah, dude. So you know, I'll be watching MMA Gains to see your growth after you kick Bo Nichols' ass. Give him the one. <laughs> give him the one loss. That's right. And then we'll see because that's a huge thing, right? For a fighter, mm-hmm. you get. The bigger numbers, the bigger social media numbers, that's where, you know, it flows into dollars, right? 100%. Yeah. The more outreach you can have, the, the more you can sell your brand and yourself to, to companies. That's right. Yeah, man. Do it. 
Uh, last, or I've got two final questions for you. One is, who did you think was going to be the UFC 300 main event? Uh, you know, if, <clears throat> it was kind of all over the place. For a minute, I thought it was going to be Connor and uh, Michael Chandler. I was like, that makes yeah. sense. That both those yeah. guys are huge stars. Uh, and then I thought it was going to be um, Aspinall and uh, Alex Pereira. That was yes. kind of the rumor that was floating around for the interim belt. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I ever thought it was going to be Jamal and uh, Pereira. Just because I didn't – I know Jamal. Me and Jamal grew up like on the same regional scene. Nice. We fought on a, a lot of the same cards together coming up before we were in the UFC. And I just didn't know if he was going to be back or not. You know, I've seen him at the PI, and I thought he was still – kind of injured so uh i mean it's a good fight i think it was yeah, of course i think what he said is kind of kind of true right i feel like they built it up to be this thing that was so huge that n- unless it was going to be like conor mcgregor or somebody like that nobody people weren't going to be really happy with it there's yeah. only like two or three guys in the in the sport that carry the i mean no one carries what conor mcgregor carries but there's two or three guys they could have put in that spot and none of them were really available oh izzy ddp that was the other one that i was like okay yeah this could make sense, but um, there's not many guys that carry that star power. So uh, yeah. if none of those guys were available, people were going to be disappointed. We did a, we did a prediction show and I had Brian Bam Bam Barbarina on who's, who's a good friend. Yeah. And uh, he was certain it was going to be Elon Musk versus Mark Zuckerberg. That would have been, <laughs> that would have been, that would do crazy numbers for sure. Right. It would have been crazy, <laughs> dude. Uh, and I really thought it was going to be, Logan Paul versus uh, Mike Perry. Okay, I, that one would have made the both those. I could have like it's what a crazy world we live in now that like those aren't that far fetched. Yeah. Like, yeah, that could have happened. I saw yeah. I saw a post. It was like they should do it Royal Rumble style, not announce it, and just have their walkout music play. I'm like that would go hard if they dude. Did that it. would be crazy. The thing about that though is you need to have such iconic walkout music that you know who it is based on the music. That's true. Right? You need like so Dolly Parton. There you go. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. There's not, in all honesty, there's not too many people that really have a song that you can totally pinpoint to that fighter. You know, what yeah, because I mean? so, a lot of people change their music too, like every fight, right. and yeah. But that yeah. I saw that idea, I was like, yeah, that would be kind of crazy. People would lose their mind. Yeah, yeah, that would be awesome, man. Uh, all right, Cody. Before I let you go, is there anything that you wanted to say to fans, viewers, and listeners? I got one last question for you, but is there anything that you wanted to say to fans, viewers, and listeners of the podcast? No, no, just thanks for the support. Um, I, I always want to shout out my gym, Factory X, and, uh, you know, Iridium Sports are my management. And I just always shout them out. They do a lot for me. Like I said, I feel like I'm super lucky and I'm spoiled with all the love and, and support I have from people around me. And so just want to recognize them. Um, it's definitely fighting is I'm the one getting in there to fight, but it's definitely a wee project. And I couldn't be there without the people around me for sure. Yeah. For sure, man. Uh, and I've got your Instagram handle at the bottom. So, guys, if you're listening to this, go follow Cody Brundage. If you're not already, why wouldn't you be Cody <laughs> underscore Brundage underscore? So go follow him. And, uh, Cody, I'm going to ask you one last question. It's a question that my mom used to ask me almost every day uh, growing up. She would ask me almost every day of my life. She would ask me this. So I'm going to ask it to you. Cody Brundage, no nickname, Cody Brundage. On a scale of 1 to 10, how happy are you? How happy am I? Yeah. I like that. That's a good question. Um, I would say I'm like an eight. I'm a happy guy. I have so many good things in my life and I've, uh, I love fighting. Obviously I wouldn't do it if I didn't love it, but it's like I said, perspective is a crazy thing. Having kids gives you crazy perspective and win or lose a fight. Like as long as I'm being a good dad, being a good husband, friend, teammate, 
I'll be, I'll stay happy in my life. Right. So yeah, I'm checking those boxes right now. So I'm happy. Nice buddy. You look good. You look healthy. You've always been kicking ass, man. You've been doing your thing. I've been a fan of yours forever. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's like a super honor to have you on. I'm so glad that you said yes. And uh, thank you so much, man. Good luck. We'll see you at UFC 300. We'll be cheering for you all the way. Also heads up. A lot of the guests of our podcast do very well. So they always that's why I knew it. I just had an intuition. I knew, I knew. I, I said, <laughs> if I do this, I know I will win this fight. And you gave me the insider info. Man, we're ready to rock. <laughs> wait, you want, wait, hold on. Do you want to see it one more time? Let's just look yeah, one more time. Pay attention. One more time. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Cody, thank you so much, man. It was a total honor to have you on. We will see you soon. Say hello to Mrs. Brundage for us and uh, all the best to you. All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you. Have a good one, man. Take care. Bye-bye. Ringside rain. That is Cody Cody Brundage. What a guy. I like this guy. I really like him. Yeah. He looks looks 18, 19. I know. (laughs) Not one one freaking... I was like... How are you 30 years old? You look really... No, no, this guy looks young as heck. He's just such a nice guy, such a pleasant, pleasant guy, you know? Like, so yeah, Um, seems like he has a great family life. Seems like he's got the right team around him. So I'm so happy for this guy, man. I want him to beat Bo Nickel so bad. Nothing against Bo Nickel per se, you know, because we're supposed to be even Steven as media type people, right? But like, I love it when the guy who's the underdog... Mm-hmm. Goes up against the hot prospect, blah blah blah. Like he said, they're they're thinking this guy wins. No, Cody's going to get in there and kick ass. I'm not saying yes. it's thanks to us. I'm sure his training and preparation helps as well. But I can't wait to see it happen. I have a good feeling about this. So do I, man. The guy's so relaxed, so calm. There's nothing, right? So he's just going to go in there and kick ass at UFC 300. Dolly Parton walks him out to the cage. Could you imagine I mean, it's in Las Vegas? I mean, like, that's just like a perfect scene for Dolly Parton to be like, you know. Could you imagine? It would be so freaking amazing if that happened. Like, why not? God damn it, Dolly Parton. Why not? She's done it, Dolly seen it, and done it all. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Rain, let's get with some news. If you're here because of Cody Brunch, thank you so much. Thank you for watching the podcast. Follow, subscribe to us, do all that stuff. Check out all our past episodes. Fantastic. Isaac Delgarian, of course, his wife, Alexa Culp. Uh, wonderful, wonderful people. You see it all here, right? We, we go all over the place. Rain, next week on the podcast, we do have at least one guest, but it's this person here, and I'm so excited to have her on. She is the new LFA flyweight champion. She's Canadian. Her name is Shannon Clark. Her... Her submission victory is going viral online. I'll show you a quick clip because I think this is legalized murder. So I don't want to show it too much. Oh, wow. (laughs) I mean, it's really bad. It's a bulldog choke. Cracks her neck. I mean, oh my God. And the ref doesn't call it for far too long. And she's unconscious. Like when she lets it go, she's like a dead body in there. Wow. Anyways, forget the murder. 
Shannon Clark is on the podcast next week. So we will see her. She's an undefeated fighter. I think she's now maybe 5-0 and in her pro career. She's UFC bound. So let's go. Canadian on the on the planet. Let's go get her into UFC. Let's go. Right? Let's get, I need a uh, Canada flag. So every time you say, let's go Canada, I'll be like, mm. uh, What else we got? We got... Uh, where is Chuck Buffalo? Hashtag where is Hashtag Chuck Buffalo? Where is Chuck Buffalo? <laughs> We're still We're waiting still, for him. Look, I'm still talking to him. The dude is still responding. He's still being nice and friendly to me. So it's going to happen. We can't I wait. Can't, I can't wait. I haven't seen him do interviews anywhere else. Like if I see him do interviews elsewhere, I'm going to be really pissed off. But he seems to be laying low. But hashtag where is Chuck Buffalo? Still coming. Don't worry. We're going to get on that. Uh, friends of the podcast update, go check out Rageworks Podcast Network at rageworksnetwork.com for other audio podcasts like ours. Go say hello to them. March 2nd, Canadian BKFC prospects, Robert Dayarne, former guest of the podcast, he makes his debut. And of course, headlining that card is Jad Masson Wong. Very excited for her. Uh, cannot wait to see her back in the in the cage and kicking ass. Uh, you may know her from her OnlyFans. That's not me, Ring. It's other people. Uh, Paw FC, Palace Athena Women's Fighting Championship, like we just said, Andy Wynn is going to be on that card. So is Regan Gowing. She's in uh, Muay Thai bout. Kate Queen of the South Batchick and Lexi mm-hmm. Brook. All of our friends, they are all on that card. Cannot wait to see that one. Please do check them out. That's a local promotion. So same Rain. You're over there at UNF in, in California. I'm up here with uh, Fight League Atlantic out in East Coast Canada, right? These other promotions are so important to get your support. You know what I mean? Like buy those pay-per-views, help support those people because you want to see those organizations thrive and succeed, right? There's so many people working behind the scenes to make that work. That said, Rain, you were at UNF 16 on the weekend. You were kicking ass. Oh my God, how, yes. How was it? You announced the whole card. I announced a whole card, uh, another great experience, another great learning experience. I announced my very first no decision bout. Um, so that's, you know. Wait, what does that mean? So there was a fight that ended in a no decision because of an accidental foul. And the uh, one of the fighters couldn't continue anymore. So, um, yeah, it ended uh, in a no decision. Yep, yep. And wait, a lot of people were disappointed because it was a title fight. Um, but, yeah, that's what happened. That was the, was it the main event? It was the main event. Yes. It was between oh. Jesse Strader versus Francisco Rivera, who both have been on the UFC as well. Um, so yeah, it ended in a no decision. And, you know, that was my first time announcing uh, a call like that. And it was a great learning experience for me. Although I know for the fighters, that wasn't, you know, a decision that they wanted. But for me, yeah, yeah. it was a learning experience for me. Um, the crowd, um, they all had, you know, they had fun. Um, there were people who are uh, famous in the crowd. Got Nate yes. Diaz. Yeah. Uh, Nate Diaz was Nate Diaz was there. Uh, Corey Feldman was there. Corey Feldman. Wait a minute. Oh. Wait a minute. I don't remember seeing his picture. Rain, this is because you're too young. You don't know who <laughs> Corey Feldman is. He's an no. actor who was in The Goonies. Oh, okay. Oh, my See? God. But I've only seen, so I'm going by the pictures that I've seen. I know for sure I saw Nate Diaz. Yeah. But the other ones, I did not. I only saw the pictures after the event. Yeah. Um, you know, for, for the most part, I'm just like locking with what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> but I, it's hard for me to kind of look around. There's so many people. But yeah, um, yeah it's, it's, it's cool to see that, you know, um, 
there's like, you know, former fighters who would yeah. stop watch our show, support other fighters. I remember seeing Nate, he would go up to uh, the corner of um, their fighter and it's really cool to see that. Yeah. Very, very cool. So I'm glad that it went well. What is the next UNF event that is on the schedule? Do you know? Next UNF is UNF 17 on March 30th at the Marriott uh, Burbank Convention Center. And guess what? Gianni Vasquez is defending his title. Uh, I did see that. So former guest of the podcast, Gianni Vasquez, one of the nicest guys. I do talk to him quite a bit on uh, Instagram. We're still like, he's one of the guys that I can kind of be friendly with. He was at UFC Mexico. He hangs out with uh, Ricky Simone, I think. I think I saw that dude. So that's a nice little connection for us to make later. Rain, we'll try to, you know, finagle our way into a Ricky Simone interview. But yeah, no, very, very cool. I do want to say Fight League Atlantic 14 is coming up for me out on East Coast Canada, as well as Submission Kumite 6 on the Friday night before. That is April 12th and 13th. Guys, go get your tickets. Mark your calendars, do whatever it is. Go fly to Nova Scotia to watch this event. I'll see you there. Go out there and support Canadian talent. If you're anywhere close, I'm telling you, you don't want to miss these events. It's it's not expensive to get out there, man. Go out, visit East Coast, bring home some frozen seafood like I do every time for my wife, Cody Brundage. You got nothing on me. I bring home frozen seafood, cook it for my wife. It's so nice. It's so nice. Just go do it. Bring the bring the wife, bring the kids, bring the girlfriend, do whatever. Have a good have a good time out East Coast Canada. Go to Fight League Atlantic or watch the pay-per-view at fightleagueatlantic.com. But Rain, I'm so happy that you did a good job. Can I just say one thing? I don't want you to get mad. Or I don't want you to be mad. You got your makeup done. Yeah. My friend did it by the way. Shout out to uh my friend um Eros. Follow him on Instagram at Eros um Muggler, I think. Um, he did my, <laughs> that was Instagram yeah. but, um, no, he offered to do my makeup. He's like, mm-hmm. Hey, you know, when's your next event? I'd love to do your makeup for you. And I was like, Oh my God, sure. So he did my makeup and I, I, you know, saw how I looked and I yeah. really loved it. And yeah, it's. Okay. So here's, here's the problem. What? It looked really good. You're going to do it every time now. You're, no, you're, I know, right? <laughs> you're stuck into doing it no like, yeah no now i have to like do that yeah because now i set that standard now yeah you yeah know. because i think because as a cage announcer it's your image right yeah. so once you kind of change your image you can't now go back right so now <laughs> you, you've changed the image ring that's it oh. but uh congratulations on that no you look good you you did not have the pink jacket what happened to the pink jacket? No, because um, I have it another friend who's altering my pink jacket. And so the pink jacket would probably make its debut at UNF 17. I oh have, my. guess what? I buy so many jackets and like sparkly blazers. <laughs> I have a bunch here mm. and they're they're all going to get altered, right? Because I yeah. buy them and if, if it doesn't fit right, I normally get them altered. And um, yeah, I have a bunch here lined up for the <laughs> nice. next so after UNF 17, yeah, it's, okay. I'm, I'm all in this. Like I'm not changing to sparkly blazer. Yeah. Very good. Okay. Well, no, I, in the last episode, you talked to us about the fact that it was getting hemmed and stuff like that. And when I saw the photos and there's no pink jacket, I'm like, oh, the hemming, <laughs> the hemming was delayed. So, okay. Yeah. Uh, let's get on with a few topics that we're going to talk about today. Rain, speaking of UNF. So UNF, you had an amazing crowd. Like it was it was a good crowd, right? Oh, yeah. The crowd's pumped. It looks pretty packed. 
the crowd is is rampant, you know. Uh, then you go and look at what happened in Saudi Arabia at PFL versus Bellator. We we really crapped on this card last week. I was giving it, you know, some digs. Here's a picture during the Clarissa Shields fight. Look at the crowd in the background, Rain. There are more empty seats than filled seats. Can you see that? Yeah. Thoughts, Rain, for the greatest card of PFL and Bellator history. Empty. Yeah. So um, here are my thoughts. One would be probably it comes down to um, advertising the show, right? Mm -hmm. Because if people don't know that this thing is happening, then why would they buy tickets? Like, you know, Um, two, um, I don't know if um, PFL and Bellator, um, I don't know, in terms of like their exposure in uh, Saudi Arabia, I don't know if it's something that people um, saw, you know, the the event and they're like, oh, PFL, Bellator, you know, okay, what is that? And, you know, I don't know if that kind of contributed to that. And it's like, I don't know what it is. So why would I buy a ticket for that? Um, the other thing could be, and maybe people are like kind of, you know, skipping certain fights and they're not showing up until, you know, a certain fight. I don't know. Yeah, maybe because this is on the undercard, I believe. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes in UFC events, it does get a little bit bleak at the beginning, but I don't know, man. They said it was a sold out crowd too. Like I think it was like a few days prior. They go sold out event. Yeah. So maybe so so, like, so now that I know that this is kind of like earlier in the night, then maybe that's the thing. People are just no. people are just like kind of trickling in, and maybe towards no. the end, there's people. But then, but that's a problem too. Then, like, in, frankly, to me, like if you're selling out an event, but they're only coming for the last fight, that's not good for your product. You know what I mean? Like, I would not say then that your product is still a success. Maybe your main event is the success, which, to be fair, the main event of this card was not that illustrious mm-hmm. that that's what people were doing. It wasn't Conor McGregor versus Chandler. You know what I mean? And people were like, ah, screw the rest of the fights. You know, I only want to see Conor versus Chandler mm-hmm. and Cody Brundage versus Bo Nickel. But, you know what I mean? So, no. Ring. I do not stream events, okay? I pay for my stuff. But I may have been told that you couldn't even find that event on streaming sites. Oh. Meaning, meaning even the illegal streamers didn't want to waste their time putting it up. But here's the thing, though. There was also UFC Fight Night. No, Saturday. it was before. Nope. It was... It was oh, timing-wise, it was before? Yeah, okay. It finished before the UFC even started. So what time was the uh, PFL Bellator pay-per-view? I think it started around noon your time, Pacific. I think it was around 3 p.m. Eastern. Okay. That said, Rain, the event goes off. We talked about it. Like, what the hell is this happening? It was not good. Uh, Bellator won almost every fight. Mm. They only lost one on the main card. That's generally what we were more looking at, right? But I'll put up a graphic just to show, like, who the winners were. But AJ McKee for Bellator wins. Yoel Romero for Bellator wins. Vadim Nemkov for Bellator wins. Jason Jackson for Bellator wins. Johnny Eblen for Bellator wins. He beats Impa Kasanganai 
in what was many believe possibly a robbery. It was it, it was very very close. It was split decision, but congratulations to our friend Impa because he kicked ass and he went he went to a different weight class to fight Johnny as well. Yeah. That was a good fight, but again, Bellator wins again. Then in the final event, the main event, Renan Ferreira from the PFL beats Ryan Bader. So the only PFL guy that wins is their heavyweight champion, right? Rain, tell me everything you know about Renan Ferreira. Go. We'll go. We'll we'll do the podcast long if you have too much to talk about. <laughs> go ahead. That's basically it. No. Some people are only listening to this on audio, Rain. You can't just throw up your hands. I know. I, I don't know. There you go. Rain. Nobody. Rain. Nobody knows a lot about this guy, and I apologize, and I'm so sorry. But nobody really knows a lot about this guy. He wins in 20 seconds. Like, and some, you know, some may say that's fantastic or whatever, but unfortunately like that, when you win with like a flying knee in the first 10 seconds or something like that, luck has to play a factor. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Of course you threw the punch. Of course you threw the knee. Of course you did whatever, but geez, Louise, you don't see a lot of fights go like that. So sometimes it's like a little bit, you know, it's like, damn, you know? So he loses like that. I mean, one thing I'll say is Bellator pretty much sweeps them, which shows that Bellator is the better goddamn product, right? Or PFL, okay. You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of like, well, shit. Now that really shows that the Bellator fighters, as we all thought, are kind of that level above, Mm -hmm. which makes the purchase even more awkward, right? It wasn't like, you know, even Steven between PFL and Bellator. So that's that's number one problem. Then you get this main event. And before the main event happens, Rain, there's an uh, interview with Francis Ngannou, who's supposed to maybe one day fight in Bellator. Uh, sorry, in PFL. He does an interview with ESPN. Now, the PFL uh, pay-per-view is on ESPN+. Plus. Like, you have to buy it on ESPN+, Plus or Dajan, or whatever, whatever it's called, Dazen. Um, he kind of says to the interviewer, Yes, I plan to go back to MMA one day, depending on how my March boxing fight goes. And then the interviewer says like, oh, so you would face the winner of this heavyweight title coming up, like the main event? And he's like, well, possibly, yeah. First of all, it's possibly. Secondly, I don't think he's ever coming back to fight MMA, as long as his boxing career does anything decently well. Then with this guy, Renan, winning the fight, there's almost no chance in hell Ngannou is coming back to fight this guy that really nobody knows. You know what I mean? Yeah, what? I mean, I feel like for Francis Ngannou, it seems like he's enjoying his uh, stint in boxing right now. Yeah. So maybe for him, he's enjoying you know what he's doing in a boxing world, but there's still that love for MMA. So maybe that's why he kind of has it closed the door in MMA. Right. That's how I feel about um, uh, Francis Ngannou. Yeah. I think, yeah. And I, no. And here's the thing, Rain. I don't want you to get in trouble. Okay. So. Yeah, don't get me fired. The opinions expressed by Timmy B do not reflect the opinions of Rain Chris. I think that that questioning and the angle of his answers were perhaps meant to help promote the pay-per-view in the next few days. I think he kind of answered the question in an open enough way 
that people might have been like, oh, I wasn't going to watch the pay-per-view, but now I will because I'm going to see the guy that Ngannou is going to fight next. Mm. And then like a whole bunch of pages online and on Instagram start going, who's going to face the winner of this event? I'm like, no, he's not. Like, did you guys watch the interview? (laughs) Like, it's so stupid. But I don't know. And I, I just think like, yeah, like you said, he's doing really well with the boxing. And he says like, oh, it depends on what happens with March. That doesn't even mean he has to win. Mm-hmm. All it means is he has to do perform well enough that someone will pay him 80 kajillion dollars to box again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the minute he does that, he's not going to go back. He's not going to, he's not going to make less money in the PFL or Bellator to like, and, and the thing is rain, like if he's training for boxing now, he's got to be training only boxing. There's no way Francis Ngannou is doing jujitsu while he prepares for Anthony Joshua. Jiu-jitsu warm up, and then like later on, he does like boxing. No, no. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's not doing wrestling drills. He's not doing anything but focusing on boxing so that he can win his boxing fight. Even if he wanted to go back to MMA, he'd have to be like, "Well, shit! Now I've got to go back and train all this again." Like, I don't know. I don't see it. Uh, do you think Nganu would ever come back to to fight an and I don't mean this disparagingly, but like a normal fighter in MMA? We talked about this last week where DC like disrespected all the fighters by saying that. But here I'm saying, like, is Nganu gonna come back for like a one-off fight and fight like just the current Bellator champion? I I don't think that's ever been the plan. You know, I, I guess like for me, because uh, Francis Ngannou is, you know, you know, a big um, star, right? Like, you know, in the whole um, MMA now, like he's in boxing too. Honestly, I think it, it will just come down to like if the price is right. Because like for, if you, I feel like if you reach that kind of level, right? Yeah. Now you can just pick and choose whatever fight you want, you know? Yeah, but Rain, you're like a super famous ring announcer now. <laughs> So if some like Bumpkinville, you know, uh, lingerie MMA league comes around and goes, hey, Rain, you know, we've got 12 people that buy our pay-per-view. Can you come ring announce for us? I don't even if they said we're going to pay you quadruple what UNF pays you. Right. And from what I've heard, UNF pays you like a million dollars an event. So. They're like, we're going to pay you $4 million. Would you do it? You know what I mean? No, probably no. Because it depends on like, so So to me, to me, it's always about uh, what I'm representing to. So that's what I mean. There's also like, okay, do I want to represent this outfit? Because at the end of the day, if they see me there, it's like, oh, Rain supports this, Rain supports that or whatever. So yeah. That's that's my stance, but um, you know. Already every week, it's like you have to be like, should I really go on the Fight Insight podcast? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, but no, but this is what I mean, Rain. So like, like even you are saying like, hey, I wouldn't even want to associate my brand with this company, Francis. It's more than than associating your name to the company. It's about the potential to lose to a guy that maybe nobody knows or that you know that lesser people know. It, that's very damaging to you or damaging to your career or damaging to your future prospects. You know what I mean? Like what that you'd have to pay me a lot, a lot of money to potentially lose to this guy in 20 seconds. Like Ryan Bader just did. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, right? that's always the, that's always the, uh, the catch, right? If you take something like that, even though if the price is right, it's like, okay, what if, what if that's, you know, what if it, the fight ends in something like that? We're in, and Gano gets defeated by someone who basically people have never heard of. Yeah. If you look at it in a different way, though, it's like it could be like Engano's way of like helping someone kind of push to the next level, too. I mean, there's, there's that other side of it, too. I mean, if in his mind, it's like, you know what? I don't know who I'm fighting, but it's probably some kid from like wherever. But you know what? If he beats me, maybe that's a way for me to give back to someone who's trying to start their career. I don't know. That could be it, too. Okay. To be fair, for people that don't know Ringside Rain, aside from, uh, you know, this podcast and UNF commentary, you are a wrestling fan. This is not wrestling, Rain. They're not passing the torch to the next young buck. This is like literally your life. They don't do that. They don't, they're not going to take a fight against some young guy and lose on purpose just to give this guy the torch. Well, I'm not saying he's going to lose on purpose. No, no, no. But like, I mean, even risk it. Like, like that's not a thing, man. No, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I was just, you know. I don't know. Are your dogs mad? Your dogs seem like they're mad. They, they have an opinion about this, apparently. <laughs> uh, okay, well, let's also talk, like you said, about the young buck. Okay, so this is perfect segue. We're going to talk about, I don't know how to even say his name, Raul Rosas Jr. Uh, Raul. Raul Rosas Jr. Raul? Raul Rosas Jr. I had to pronounce it as Raul. Raul? Raul, yeah. Raul. Okay. Raul. <laughs> yeah. Everybody knows this kid. He's the Mexican guy, the young kid, very, very big jaw. Uh, 18 years old or whatever he is, right? I'm 19 he's, now? So he's now 19. 19. Okay. He's fighting friend of the podcast, Ricky, pretty Ricky Tercios, or Ricky Hadouken Tercios, as you all, may also know him from Hadouken. Ultimate Fighter. Hmm? I just said Hadouken. Hadouken. Yeah. <laughs> gotta say it properly rain with emphasis <laughs> so he's fighting ricky right who what you called him an older guy because you're like oh he's 30 like he's no like, i just old. said i just pointed out the age difference i said yes, yes okay Raul is like 19 and then like ricky's like older he's like 30 something 30 years old 30 31 yeah okay they're set to fight in mexico now uh ricky geez louis uh Ar- not argentinian He's half Filipino, half something. I apologize, Ricky. Uh, but fighting in Mexico against the Mexican kid, you know, big, big prospect and whatnot. Literally, apparently, like minutes before they're supposed to fight. Mm-hmm. Raul says, not going, not feeling good. I've seen different reports online. Some say that he had a tummy ache. Some say that he had like, you know, tummy problems. Some say that he was lightheaded and blah, 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 potentially from elevation and stuff like that. Maybe from the bad weight cut. But, like, he had his hands wrapped. Like, he he had his hands wrapped. He was ready to go. He's literally minutes away from his fight, and he calls it off. Question to you, Rain. What would you think is the reason that he does this? Is there a conspiracy here that we need to investigate? I mean, honestly, like for me, I know these things happen, you know, like, I mean, I just at UNF, I mean, we literally were, I think, a fight oh, away. From Gianni. No, no, this wasn't. Oh, well, yeah, that too with Gianni. But like this past Saturday at UNF uh, 16, you know, we had a fight that got, um, 
I think we were like one fight away from this fight that got um, basically X'd out of the card. Um, the fighters, they both came out for the parade. And the next thing I know, the fight's off, you know? And it's what like, these, these things happen. What was the uh, reason for your guy? Do you know? Uh, I'm not sure what the reason was. Um, I actually have not confirmed that. Um, I just basically kind of like, for, um, from my end, it's like when they, tame, when they tell me it's off, the most important thing for me at that point is like move on to the next one, you know, pivot from that point, right? Whatever reason, that's not for me to explain because I'm not really commentating, right? So mm -hmm. for me, my job was, okay, pivot to like the next fight. But I've seen these things happen. And I I, I don't, um, you know, I, I see fighters, you know, when they go into like the weigh-ins, um, you know, they cut weight and all that and they train hard for this and they get to fight night and Sometimes I feel like unfortunate things happen and, you know, they just have to back up from the fight. And, you know, like, like um, for Raul, I mean, that's probably something that's probably disappointing for him and, you know, and to pull out from this fight because he's trying to represent Mexico and, you know, he's probably really, you know, hyped up to do this fight. And then, you know, a few minutes before the fight, he has to pull out from this. It's probably for him alone. He probably feels like bad for not being able to fight. Whatever the reasoning is. Um, yes. He probably but I'm asking, but I'm asking you to guess why he did it. Do you think it was like a tummy ache? Do you think it was a weight cut issue? Do you think it's something else? I'm going to say it might be something like physical, right? Like maybe he, maybe the tummy ache, maybe something physical right. where he feels like he's not, he can't fight. Yeah. Um, so the internet's a buzz with like different, you know, speculation as to what this is. What I will tell you, Rain, into the viewers of the pocket, it's funny that you mentioned that there, a guy ha this happened at UNF. I mean, geez, mm -hmm. Louise. And I wish you could figure out what it is. Come back to us next week and see if you can find <laughs> out what it was. Because it's interesting. I remember I was at one event in, uh, for a Muay Thai competition and we saw a guy walk to the ring, get in the ring turn around, get out of the ring and walk right out. It was the craziest thing that I'd ever seen. And mm. it was, and it was nerves. We found out later from the coaches that it was just nerves. He just, he was stressed out and freaked out. They begged him and, and, and prodded with him to go make the walk, make the walk to the ring. When you get to the ring, things will be okay. You'll, you'll zone in, just get to the ring. That's what you got to do. He walked in, turned around, walk right the hell out. Um, these things happen. You know, mm -hmm. like nerves happen. I'll tell you a personal story. When I was a kid, I played uh, competitive soccer. Like my whole life played competitive soccer. And uh, there was a period for maybe like two years, three years, I think. When I was around like 12, 13, 14, I literally threw up every game before the game started. Because you're nervous? And it was, and the doctor said it was just nerves. I wasn't nervous. I was like one of the greatest soccer players ever. Okay. Like I'm just telling you right now, I'm not bragging. Like that's literally what I was. And, and I just threw up every time. It was the weirdest thing. And my, my, my parents, I remember my parents were like, like, what's wrong? Like blah, blah. And I'm like, no, like I'm okay. But like, I would always throw up. And the doctor just said it was nerves. It was like, it was just some weird physical reaction that I had. Yeah. And, it, and, like, it was just something, but. You know, and then and then I would throw up, and then I would go and perform, right? Like, and, yeah. whatever, and, I'd, and I'd be the best. But um, if it's nerves, right, for Raul, 
which, because if it was something medical, like if he was sick, you think now we're two, three days out, you think that they would have say, hey, he was diagnosed with blah. So the fact that no one is saying what he's diagnosed with or that anything, right? Like even if you were to say food poisoning, just say something to get it off. It really seems like it is nerves. Okay. Okay. No, I, I, I mean, I don't think, you know, if it is, it's, I don't think it's like an issue. Cause like, but it's an issue rain. Well, you know, I've, I forgot who mentioned this in a podcast, but um, someone uh, in a podcast had said that fighting is, Oh, I think it was Johnny. He said, it's not just about like a physical aspect, right? You train, you train, you know, you, you, you know, the skills, whatever, but it's, it's all like in your head too. It's yeah. mental, right? Yeah. And it's about, being able to to fight what you know what's in your head or in when you feel nervous, how do you fight it through your head that you know you can do it? You've trained for this, you're gonna be fine. Um, so I think being nervous and and like what Cody said, you know, he, he would still get nervous. So it, it's a part of the game. And I think um, for Raúl, um, let's just say if that was the case, he got nervous. He's 19 years old. Yeah. He's starting his career. I think this is going to be a great learning experience for him. Uh, I read somewhere that um, the fight is going to happen, or it's been rebooked for um, next week. At no, that, no? no, that's why I sent you the thing. So what? So this is like how I always get mad at media for saying false stuff and fake news crap. Ricky Tercios posted, reposted yeah, someone's sure. post. post yeah. Ricky Tercios reposted somebody's post saying that the fight was rebooked and said, this is fake news. We haven't signed any contracts, blah, blah, blah. Okay. So I don't think so. I mean, here's the other thing, Rain. Like, if, well, okay, I'm going to go off on two quick tangents. But like, when you prepare for a fight, you're prepping your body for that weekend. Like your prep, like your nutrition, your diet, your weight cut, everything leads towards that thing. It's very science-based if mm -hmm. you're doing it right. Your food, your proteins, your everything, so that your body is peaking for this fight you can't just skip it and go fight next week you know sure. and and like if you're ricky tercios who is like one hell of a kid i love this kid like ricky tercios rain go watch our podcast with him he's one of the best kids around man i know he's a 30 year old man you're gonna say but he's a great guy he's a fellow filipino rain so jump on that bandwagon <laughs> uh he's a great kid. i don't want him to flip around and go the next week and feel forced to fight quickly on a turnaround you know what i mean like you gotta be smart raul or ricky if you guys are listening yeah wet inside podcast let's talk about this <laughs> i look i did reach out to ricky to see if he'd come on the podcast because i was like hey dude i wanted to have you on to celebrate your victory but if you'd be willing to come on to talk about uh you know the emotions and stuff like that that go on with this i'd love to have you because he's a very smart intelligent guy very thought-provoking very introspective I'd love to get his emotions on this because what do you do now? And here's the kicker, Rain. You said that this is not good for Raul. Or sorry, you said that it's not a bad deal for Raul. It's okay. You'll get over this. But it kind of is bad because the promotion is like, hey, you idiot. We promoted the sh sugar out of your fight. You're oh. supposed to fight here. You bail out minutes before. We've got a goddamn production we're running here. Like, we count on oh. you to be here for the commercial breaks and the whatever. Like, you're just bailing out like this. What's our what's our guarantee? You're not going to bail out next time. True, I, I agree on that. Um, that's why, to me, I, I just think I just think that you know, if something like this happened, it's 
going to be a learning experience for the fighter who ended up having to remove his self or herself from a fight. So. Yeah. And I just don't like to think that they are now going to push Ricky into accepting that fight, which was a great fight for Ricky, mind you. I feel like Ricky had a very, very good chance at winning this fight. Uh, Raul has a lot of hype behind him. So similar to Cody Brundage, hey, Ricky, go kick this guy's ass. And eh, that's a lot of eyes on you. Fighting the Mexican kid in Mexico, it mm. wasn't going to get any better for Ricky. You know, now what? You're going to fight him in like Kalamazoo? Who cares, right? It was the whole thing about it. So I don't know. That's a very, very interesting scenario, Rain. Like I, I, I you know, I hope that Raul gets better. I hope that he's okay. I, I hope yeah. that it's not nerves almost. I do hope it was like food poisoning. Because at least then you could go like, hey, that's all it is. And now I move on. Yeah. Yeah. And that way it's not going to be a bad look on him, right? Like you mentioned earlier, UFC had promoted him and all that. Yeah. 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 If I look, if I'm Raul's manager, I'm saying it's food poisoning right now. Like just freaking lie about it and just say it's food poisoning. Get that story out there and get everybody off your back. Cause if it's nerves, people are going to hit on that. Like now people will use that against you or company, you know, the company might be upset with you, blah, blah. If it's just like a mental thing. And in truth, if it's a mental thing, like good God, like that could spiral. You know, and you don't want this kid's career to go bad because of this, but I don't know. Yeah. I just anyway. want to say, um, so if, if this fight didn't end up happening, I know there was something else that happened within the crowd at uh, the UFC event in Mexico. Did you see that video of like the fans like having a brawl? Oh, yeah. That guy got knocked out of the night. He got 50 <laughs> the, the fan that like knocked two dudes out in like 10 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> The second guy he knocked out looked very old, too. Like, dude, you should not be like, you know? Yeah, that's, that's crazy. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Dana White said it, that he ran over there and did not see any security. So they just basically let the fight you know, happen and end at some point. So I mean, look, I'm doing this from an undisclosed location and bunker. But uh, stuff happens in Mexico, dude. You know? There's a lot of stuff that you hear about. And, you know. People get knocked out at UFC fights, apparently. But if, No, I mean, like, criminal stuff. Oh, oh. I mean, criminal stuff. Like, like you know, like, there could be a little payday to a security guard. Like, hey, you go away. I'm going to go knock some guy out, right? Or, you know. That's probably some, like, you know, people get drunk and then, like, you know. No, but there's supposed to be security everywhere, Rain. Like, oh, I see. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. Where was the security? Like, if Dana White goes over there, it's like, there's no security. Well, where the hell's the security, dude? Like, and the fight doesn't happen in two seconds. Like, there's rumblings and crap that happens, you know. Uh, I don't know. You know, I want to say Corey Feldman, Rain, who you did not get a photo of. Friday the 13th, the final chapter, Gremlins, The Goonies, Stand By Me, and The Lost Boys, all of his major movies. Wow, that's amazing. Rain, I can see by your utter lack of excitement that you don't know any of those movies I'm talking about. I've heard of The Goonies. Here's the thing. Oh, that my God. Heard of The Goonies, Rain? I've not I'm seen canceling it. this podcast. You <laughs> haven't seen The Goonies? No, here's the problem, okay? I am not good with movies. I have not seen Star Wars. I have not seen Harry Potter. I'm I'm the worst. Uh, 
it's really it's really hard for me to keep being your friend, Rain. <laughs> You're really making a challenge. You haven't seen Goonies? God dang. No. Goonies is, Goonies is one of the greatest. Uh, Gremlins? you never seen Gremlins? No. With little Gizmo? I mean, that fine, maybe that one. Gremlins, but, like, I've not seen it. So. Look, I, I was. Even, <laughs> I don't even know what to say. If Corey Feldman is there next time, he's probably watching this podcast. He's going to be like, that stupid ringing answer. She doesn't even know who I am. That way <laughs> you. problem, though. It's like I see people, right? Remember, like when I when I told you about Chris Levin, and you're yeah. like Chris Levin, like you're now like working with Chris Levin. I was like, yeah, yeah, he's like one of the yeah. refs, like, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that said, Corey Feldman, like it's hard to recognize him. Like he doesn't. I mean, that's those movies are from 1984, so literally 40 years ago, he was a young, cool kid back then. Now he's like a man, right? So mm-hmm. I, I, it's fine that you don't recognize him, but like if someone said to you, "That's Corey Feldman." You're supposed to know the movies. So anyways, that's fine. Uh, Rain, <laughs> did you, okay, we're running down on time here. Did you get a fist bump? No. I knew it because you would have messaged me and said, got a fist I, bump. Yeah, yeah. No, but I got like, you know, a few nods and, you know, from like the fighters. And um, I guess like, cause um, right now we have like a bunch of like camera people. So sometimes the like, camera guys are like in front of the fighter as I'm announcing them. So they can't be like walk towards me. I cannot walk towards them. Right, because they're trying to get a shot of the fighters. So, um, no, I did not get any fist bumps, but I got like fighters telling me, you know, or giving me a nod while I was announcing them after okay. the show. Um, I saw some of the fighters and you know their, um, you know, coaches, and they would tell me, "Oh my God, thank you so much for for announcing nice. him." Blah blah blah. And it's it's really nice. Um, it's it's always good when you know they appreciate what I do because yeah. you know I do this, you know. I announce them the you know, the way I do because I have so much respect for people who step inside the cage and because I know they've, yeah. they've, they've done so much training just to be inside that cage and then to have that, you know, to be brave enough to fight. It's yes. Amazing. Yes. And uh, update to the fans of the podcast. Um, Khalil Pearson did not fight. Apparently his opponent pulled out like a few days prior. So unfortunately he was not there, but I think he will be coming fighting soon. I'm very excited to hear that our good friend Gianni is going to be fighting soon because I love that dude, man. He's, I mean, he's starbound for sure. Uh, I think that's it, Rain. I'm just going to say that Gianni is going to defend his title at the same venue where he won it. So I don't know if this is going to be a good luck for Gianni. Um, I think it's a good good matchup between uh, him and his opponent. Um, but yeah, that's that was the uh, same uh, venue where I first announced Gianni, where he won the title, and he will be defending it again on the same place. Beautiful. Look. Gianni could be fighting in a parking lot. He could be fighting at a, at a, at a you know, Jollibee kitchen. <laughs> Doesn't matter. He would kick ass wherever it is. He's going to keep that title. He's going to win. He's going to do fantastic things. I love this kid. His, mental, his, his mental game is, is dead on. He's such a smart kid. Good-looking good kid champion good fighter he's 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 bound for greatness i'm so happy for him uh again that's it for the podcast rain great episode today i'm so glad we met cody brundage as we are talking as we're recording this i got a message from shannon clark she says she is super excited to be on the podcast next week so we will see her hopefully she's not in jail maybe she'll be (laughs) conducting the podcast from jail if the authorities see what she did to that girl um 
But yeah, we'll have her on. Maybe a second guest. I don't know, Rain. I know you like having two guests, but I do like. I know, just because it's like you know we get to like. But then we don't get to talk. Well, I like talking to other people. (laughs) Well, disrespectful, Rain. So disrespectful. That's fine. Okay. We're out of here. If you're listening on audio, you're um, that's it for the podcast. Thank you so much. If you're on video, um, if you're on YouTube, we're going to put up a couple of videos here. Maybe I'll put the Gianni one since we spoke about Gianni and maybe the Isaac Delgarian one since we just spoke about Isaac Delgarian yeah. and his uh, card that I purchased. Guys, this is another call out to go support fighters, right? Go support your local fighters. Um, you know, when they when they do merch and stuff like that and they sell things, go go buy their stuff, man. It that's costs you like... Cool. Oh, yeah, it's beautiful. This card is beautiful. I'm showing it on screen. Yeah, it's like all foil and everything. It looks good. Got his signature. Cody guaranteed me that he's going to be champion. So this is worth, I mean, this is going to be my retirement fund right here, right? Um, Yeah, like go support people. Go do good things. Like I said, buy the UNF cards. Go visit them. Go come out to Nova Scotia with me and go check out Fight League Atlantic. It's a doubleheader weekend. If you're going to go out to the East Coast, Canada, why wouldn't you do it? Um, That's it. We're good. Rain. I just want to say, where is Chuck Buffalo? Hashtag, where's Chuck Buffalo? (laughs) Great to speak with you. God damn it, Chucky. Let's go. Uh, He will come. He will come. Rain. People, we don't bite. I don't know. You've been taking shots at me all podcast. Goodbye.